The Sea Change Podcast is sponsored by Changing Greatly Consulting, providing effective, data-driven talent and culture solutions that attracts top, diverse talent by creating psychologically safe and inclusive, high-performance cultures. Come for the talent and stay for the culture. Now, let's get into The Sea Change. Welcome to The Sea Change Show, where leaders are changing business culture for good. I'm your host, Maura Barclay. If you are catching the show for the first time, welcome listener. We are so glad you found us and you did not find us by accident. Please take a moment now to click subscribe, hit that plus sign, follow us because you are not going to want to miss a single conversation with these incredible transformational leaders. And if you are a frequent flyer, thank you so much for coming back week after week. We sure appreciate you. And it is because of you that we are now in the top 5% of business podcasts worldwide. So thank you so much for that. We sure appreciate you. Today is a celebration and a highlight. Today marks the official second season of the Sea Change podcast. And I wanted to celebrate Chris Petrie of Softway and Culture Plus, one of the contributors to the Wall Street Journal's best-selling book, Love is a Business Strategy, one of my all-time favorites in the business world, of course. And I interviewed him in episode 52 last week, May 18th, 2022. Definitely catch that if you haven't already. His story is interesting, very different. He is a black man and his story in the business world is one of great possibility. And the reason that I wanted to share it and tell it again is because we hear generally about people doing things wrong. We hear about all that's wrong with middle-aged white men who are holding on to power, who are microaggressing, and also, you know, white women who are, are having similar trespasses. And we hear so little from black men and women who have been mentored or sponsored or treated with the, with the respect, dignity, and appreciation that, that they have earned. Or, I mean, that's something, sorry, they don't earn, they've earned it by being born. But I mean, in the business sense, you know, these are people who are excellent and talented and they get recognized and treated that way. And those stories need to be told. They need to be told frequently. And it's not to forget or in any way diminish that there is still a lot of work to be done in diversity, equity, inclusion, representation, and belonging. We know this. This is not news. So instead of banging that drum, I think it's important for every time we hit that story, we need to tell one of possibility. And that is Chris's story. He talks about being the youngest, dark, darkest person in the room most of the time. So he was definitely the first and only in his situation. He was working for a, an advertising company, I believe, in Houston. And his second day on the job, and I, I believe was in the role of social media strategist, he was uh, on the job as an entry-level person around 25 years old when his company got bought by one of the biggest staffing firms in the world. Well, at least maybe it was at the time, or maybe not of the world, but it was one of the biggest staffing firms. It's called the Deco. It's huge. And this was also at a time, I think it was back in 2010, where suddenly social media started to become a place where people were getting noticed. 
And by that, I mean, if you're in the business world, you hold a position of power and influence, you, you hold a title and you go on Twitter and say some ignorant stuff, you're going to get fired. That was new. So all of a sudden, Adeco's clients were clamoring for uh, guidance in social media. And it just so happens they had a social media strategist, the 25-year-old Chris Petrie, newly graduated, newly minted advertising person. So he immediately got called up to the dance, pretty much. There was an event that a very large enterprise client partner was putting on with a deco and it was around the u.s open in new york so chris being the only social media strategist in-house got put on a plane he said he'd never done executive travel before he was recognized by the chief sales officer at the time and she realized quickly that having a social media strategist on their team was going to be a very important part of winning enterprise business. Like they got it covered. So she invited him to this event. He talks about his first exposure to executive travel, which was uh, very exciting to experience that kind of for the first time with him. How he got picked up at the airport in New York with the, you know, the guy holding the sign. He gets... He steps into a big black limo. He gets put up at the Waldorf Astoria. There's already a package waiting for him. You know, it was very hot. You know how it is. Attention to detail, feeling valued, feeling seen. And he was tapped to actually make a presentation to do a speak, to do a little speaking gig during this event. And he was in a room with the entire C-suite, not only of the enterprise client partner, but of a deco as well. And he just nailed it. And immediately the CSO pulled him aside and said, you really got to get into sales. And he said, yeah, that's really never going to happen. So she asked him to go through the sales training just to try it out. And then very cleverly, I mean, this was the chief sales officer. Lord knows this is a woman who knew how to get a yes. So she recognized she would just need to, you know, take a different tack. And she put him in sales trainings and brought him into the room. And this is probably the biggest part of it. She brought him into the room, those high level meetings with the decision makers, not into the room with HR people who are not given the influence that the C-suite should be giving them. This was the COO, the CFO, the, the people who write the checks or tell people who write the checks to write the checks, right? And, you know, the, the, whole, the whole notion of like an, an HR, a CHRO who doesn't have any teeth, that's an entirely different episode that I would, that I'm going to be doing in 2023. Uh, there's some great research about CHROs with impact and how that influences high performance cultures and how in fact it is critical to high performance cultures. But again, that is a different episode. We'll get to that. In this story, he gets exposed to all of these high level meetings. He gets to see and develop a confidence and comfort with these people, even though he is the youngest and darkest in the room because he was with 
the sales team, the, the A team, if you will, he was viewed that way because they just figured, well, if this very aggressively competitive firm, they can't afford, this is a strange sentence. I did. I just made a U-turn in the middle of it. They can't afford not to have people who know their stuff. So he was able to show up and stand in his expertise and really hold his own and win him the respect of everybody, really. Uh, it was kind of a presumed thing. And all he had to do was show that that they are correct in their presumption that he's awesome. And he was and continues to be. So he talks about proximity to power. And that's one of the things I wanted to bring up because a lot of active allies, you know, they, they talk about wanting to make a difference. And we've heard a lot of stories about companies that have, I mean, you know, they put together a, uh, an affinity group or an ERG, and they think that's being an active ally when really they need to, the executives who are interested and an executive who is interested in being an active ally will be at some of those meetings, if not the big ones, all the ones where progress is being made or gaps are being identified. And truly what really, what really helped Chris was the sponsorship of this CSO. There's something very special that happens with sponsorship that is a little bit different than mentorship. In mentorship, you're, and in, in I'm probably not going to get it exactly right here because I've never really had it defined for me specifically. So I'm just taking my, my, informed, my informed estimate here. In mentorship, you're getting some guidance, you're, you're checking in and getting perspective, maybe some, you know, some advice on something and, you know, kind of showing you the way, just checking in, making, giving you some guardrails, a sponsor is showing you things, is sending you places, is putting their trust in you, is putting you in the rooms. That is an entirely different matter. And that is what it takes to bring people of color into the C-suite and the boardroom. It's going to take that. It needs to be operationalized as part of the succession process. It's not right now. And that's what's needed. And this is a perfect example. And the, the woman, it was actually a white woman. The, C, the CSO was a white woman named Rebecca. And she really gave him the behind the scenes when she was having a really high value conversation with a, uh, an, or a, a, an enterprise client. She would give him all the critical insights and behind the scenes of that, of that deal and the sales cycle. And there's no other way to get that information unless you're in it. And having someone who trusts you and sees you in the role, giving you that information is very different than having a mentor kind of educate you. This was different. This is Rebecca was, Rebecca saw that Chris was a rock star. So she was nurturing that in him and putting him in positions where he could exercise those muscles. She knew he would knock it out of the park and he did. So I guess, you know, the, the reason that I really wanted to focus on this is for those of you who are in a position to sponsor, that is, that is where active allyship needs to go. And nobody messed with him because he was 
she was sponsoring him. He was sponsored by someone that people really respected and admired. And Chris and I were joking around on the episode that, well, if ever there was a chief officer who was kind of a sacred cow, it would be the sales officer, <laughs> you know, business development. Those are the people who are, are bringing the bacon. So you kind of give them all the space they need and make sure that they have everything they need. And then you leave them alone to make your business incredibly successful and grow. So if someone in the ranks at the high, at the, at the top of the sales, of the sales team says, this is my guy, then people are like, okay, let's make sure that he's successful because if he's successful, our company is successful. And hats off to Adeco and to Rebecca for recognizing that the development of this particular individual was going to be fantastic for the company. And there was no other question or thought about it, at least certainly not outwardly. So that's all it takes, right? That's it's like, oh, and then you build Rome. So he didn't have to deal with microaggressions. He didn't have to deal with any of that because, I mean, if ever there was going to be a a political, inner political conflict before someone who was going to make an ignorant comment was going to do it, they had to think, well, do I want to incur the wrath of this CSO? <laughs> Probably not. Probably not a good idea. So having sponsorship from someone helps shield them from petty ignorance and distractions that can inhibit their excellence truly so the other piece of that of it that chris mentioned was that he really had to show up and he also was very good at anticipating her needs and here's an example and we didn't quite get to it in the show so i'm glad to highlight it now there was a time and i think he he offered to drive her somewhere and while he was driving her, she was making phone calls. He could listen in. They could have conversations. So he, his mind never went to, oh, I'm a black man and I'm doing a little, you know, driving Miss Daisy around. That was never on his mind. His thing was, I have an opportunity to create a proximity to power moment. And I see that she needs something and let me make this easy for her. That's what it was. There was no gender. There was no ethnicity. This was about putting himself in proximity to power. So, so smart. And it's very easy to see it another way. And that way is not going to be productive. It's not going to help anybody. So like I said, I, I in no way want to diminish the difficulties, the obstacles, the ignorance that women and people of color, LGBTQIA+, differently abled people, neurodivergent people, I want to be so clear with, I want to put a really fine point on it. In no way do I, am I intending to diminish the difficulties and the obstacles. And as I said, the, like the endless stream of ignorant that comes at these people me being one of them as a, as a, as a petite woman. However, there's an entirely different side to this where people who really do only see talent and possibility will sponsor people who can show up and be excellent 
and keep their eye on the ball. And he really didn't, he said he, Chris mentioned he really didn't have to deal with any of that stuff because of the sponsorship. So if you have an opportunity to sponsor, that is what active allyship is. And that's what it means. And it means also educating yourself. There's a wonderful post that was put out uh, today that I had the opportunity to highlight in my LinkedIn feed. Getting educated is a very big part of showing up as an active ally. There's no reason to throw darts in the dark. There's a, a wonderful professor named Brad Johnson, and uh, he's associate professor at John Hopkins University. And uh, he and his uh, co-author, I think his name is David Smith, he, they wrote a, a wonderful book called The Good Guys, and they recommend a, a couple of books, actually, which I'll put these in the show notes. Minda Hartz wrote The Memo and Write Within to help active allies, to help middle-aged white men who are in positions of power and influence, how to really guide them into active and, and really effective advocacy for women and people of color. And what it comes down to is, if you're serious about it, then this is how you show you're serious because it's going to pave the way for you. You don't have to make it up. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. There's already books on this. So I'm going to pass those along. And if you are not in a position of leadership, if you are a uh, a woman or a person of color or are the other minority groups that I mentioned, then the path if you want to take Chris, uh, Chris's example as a framework, certainly not a template because it's very unique in so many ways, but as a framework for putting yourself in a position to attract a sponsor. And uh, part of that is, uh, part of that is self-advocacy, talking to your your manager or their manager, or however you need to put yourself in a proximity to power, being excellent at what you do and finding out a way to become a linchpin. And that is another fantastic book. How can you become a linchpin? That's, that's who sponsors are looking for. And that's exactly what Chris was because he was the only social media strategist in the, in the organization. So being excellent, being willing to show up in your excellence, strategizing ways to be a linchpin and seeking that sponsorship, being clear about it. And when you have those first few elements put together, that makes a very compelling case. So I hope this has been helpful. That is my intention always. If you appreciate the show, please share it please rate it. It's really helpful for me to get feedback so I know where to put my focus and my energies. And again, I thank you for listening. And if you have somebody you think would be a good fit for the show, middle-aged white guy, executive, or someone in a position of power who has sponsored people, who can talk about what it takes so that other middle-aged white men who are ready to do so have a model and it is de-risked for them, please put them in contact with me. 
You can find all my contact details on LinkedIn, and I will also put them in the show notes. Thanks again. Thank you for bringing us to the close of season one and the beginning of season two. I look forward to a great year with you all. I appreciate you and we'll see you next week. Thank you so much for joining us here at the Sea Change Show. We sure appreciate you stopping by and taking your very valuable time to visit with us. Please remember to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Who knows what's going to happen? I never do. It's always up in the air. And if you would like to be a guest, if you have something to offer, I would love to talk to you. Please email me at cultureworks at morabarclay.com. And that's M-A-U-R-A-B-A-R-C-L-A-Y.com. I would love to talk with you. And if you have someone who you think would be a good fit for this show, please reach out to me and connect me. I want to keep celebrating and amplifying as many of these voices as possible. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.